You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 300 of East Centralia's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by executive video producer, audio engineer, uh, world-renowned runner, Zachary Burcham, and my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. What are we getting into today? Today's episode features Mr. Mike and Logan Adams, and they're from Newcastle Motorsports Park here in... Uh, wonderful Henry County, Indiana. We're going to be talking to them about the history history of the park, the founding of the park, what went into it, all the racing series that come through the park every year, um, how you can go watch them, what, what they put on every year. And then also at the very end of the show, we're going to tell you about how you can also go out and uh, drive on the track yourself. So make sure you stick around until the very end of the show. You too can be a racing legend. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you always learn something new. Uh, let's see, Dakota. We always vaguely describe what happened in Patreon. We say what happened very badly. Today I'll say it was how chocolate milk failed Zachary. Yep. No. How chocolate milk betrayed Zach Bertram. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's my favorite thing sacrilege yeah. to zach it was a very bad bad yeah. saturday for zach I had a fun saturday but if you want to hear all about it there's 20 minutes of moaning and complaining and finding excuses as to why things went wrong which is what true racers do uh if you want to be a part of the patreon dakota what how do people do that patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty or you can go to boss hog of liberty.com and click the support now button and that is where you can go to support the show on a monetary level. Every month, they start out at $5 a month, and they go all the way to $50 or more a month. And if you give at that level, then you get a shout-out at the front of every episode. And those folks are Mr. Jonathan Phillips, City Council District Number 2 candidate. So he's looking for some donations and things right now. Mr. Anthony Meyer, who is a trucker delivering, delivering goods all across the country, keeping America going. And then Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, our favorite Norwex dealer. Um, those folks, uh, special thank you to them as always. We also have merchandise. Send a email or a message on the Facebook page at Dakota at BossHogOfLiberty.com or Jeremiah at BossHogOfLiberty.com. 
Audrey is making me some custom merchandise. We are the lap 66 sponsor of the Indianapolis AMR Grand Prix, which is happening this weekend. Uh, and she's making me a cup to reflect that. Yes. That says lap 66 sponsor or something like Yes. And Audrey, has, lap 66, been, maybe. Audrey has been an incredible person to work with because we're on revision three because I'm, I'm having trouble describing my dream. Mm-hmm. I'm having her take the, uh, the uh, Logan. Are you familiar with the yellow submarine IndyCar? The Pennzoil yellow say, Team Penske Pennzoil car? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm having essentially that car turned into a, this mug okay. with the Boss Hog logo instead of the, uh, the Pennzoil logo. That'd be cool. And then t- take your mic and just tip it up a little bit and you'll be, uh, you'll say, oh, there you go. You're going to sound tall, like a million bucks now. Compared to the last yep, case. There you go. Now he sounds like Barry Manilow. Now he's, now he's in it. <laughs> he's in it to win it. All right. So. I had her take the lap 66. She just made this big circle and I'm like, Oh God, is that already printed? And she's like, No, it's not totally done. I said, Okay. We zoomed into the car and I said, Here's this Penske truck rental logo with the IMS logo. I said, Just rip that off and copy and paste. And I'm sure it's going to be spectacular. Yep. She, uh, I told you last week that she will send you a picture before anything gets finalized to make changes as it's needed. Yeah. So it's going great. All right, so if people want to have her make any uh, any merch at all, cups, custom stuff too, but uh, show related merch, you want a you want a hoodie, you want a you want a t shirt, uh, or a tumbler, uh, we can we can make it happen. All right, that's enough selling stuff. Why don't, you, why don't you lead the conversation, Dakota? Let's see how let's see how how far you can carry this. Yeah, this is this is Dakota working without a net because he dreads the month of May. <laughs> I'm not a racing guy, guys, so <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, not yet. Yeah. Well, you've been not trying yet. for, what did we say? We're going on seven years. <laughs> you've, been, you've been trying. It'll and, all change at the end of this episode. I've got a three-year-old now. If it didn't happen before, it's definitely not happening now. You need I'm to bring too him busy. to a racetrack. Uh, kid cart. I really do old. want to. You I need- mean, my kid is the biggest fan of the Cars movie franchise. Take him so Saturday. it has to happen. Oh. Out to the Speedway for the Grand Prix that we sponsor. Lap 66, and he can cheer at lap 66. And in just four years, Logan Adams over there is going to be in the race. So you better get your seats now. <laughs> Pre-order them. Pre-order. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about it. Um, the let, I want to talk a little bit about um, when the park was founded and just give us a general rundown of the history, Mike. Uh, let's, let's go over all of it. Yeah, so we um, we actually broke ground. Um, there was some stuff, obviously, prior to that, uh, issues with zoning, things like that. This was actually the second. It's supposed to be the Knightstown property. Motorsports Park, if I remember my high school history yep, correctly. Yep, that's right. We were supposed to be one exit back, um, and zoning got denied. We actually moved out here, um, which probably in everything said and done, definitely everything said and done, this is a better location for us, bigger interchange, um, and it works well. Fresh water. Uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, you know Henry County has uh, at that time it was Tom Saunders did a lot um, as far as pushing you know and and getting things done on our behalf. Um, so you know very very grateful to Tom and and everything he did to work towards getting that going. But one way or another, we broke ground in uh, May of '03 actually and started moving moving stuff around, uh, making some drainage and getting the track laid out, all that kind of stuff. And fast forward till April. We actually opened April 1st of 04 uh, for our first official day of practice. And I believe it was April 18th. We had our first race that year, so two weeks later. 
And since then, uh, the place has continued to grow quite a bit over the years. Uh, you know, obviously through 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, that area there, you know, we saw a little bit of a downturn, but uh, just the, the sport in general. But on otherwise, it's uh, it's been a pretty good tra- trajectory for us. Does it kind of come in waves like that, or is it... Is it constant, like you'll have dips, but it's constantly going up? Or? You know, I mean, it kind of depends on, you know, that was outside factors, right? That was that was the economy at the time. That was just the issues that we that we were dealing with. I think it was kind of across the board, and, you know, we were just involved in that. Um, as of right now, you know, it, it's been going, uh, it's going, been going pretty well. Um, the Each year we get more races, uh, more different series through the, uh, through the park, We've got our local series, but then we supplement that other weekends with the different traveling series that come through. We have regional, national, up to international events that happen throughout the, the course of the year. And there's always more out there, you know. So there could be another series that, that we can get out um, and and host their race as well. So it's a family-operated and owned racetrack. Correct. Since the very beginning, it's it's been the started by uh, your father-in-law, Logan, your your grandfather, Mark Dismore, who folks may remember the name from uh, multiple starts in the Indianapolis 500 and a successful karting career. Sure, absolutely. Mark started racing, uh, I believe he was eight years old when he started racing go-karts and, you know, worked his way up through through everything. But, yeah, he is the, the owner, the sole proprietor. I, you know, the family owns it. Um, but um, he started racing in go-karts, worked his way up through, you know, basically anything you can think of, midgets, Formula Vs, sports car stuff and all the way up until obviously his his career culminated there with indycar and um you know very successful career all the way through um very very hard working very very strong racer uh basically anything he got in whenever i was uh, looking up writing the show notes today um i said that mark had participated in something called the daytona 24 yeah yeah, a little race down there uh I've never heard of this before, and it sounds absolutely insane. Is this still going on? Oh, yeah. It's still, it's, yes. Uh, it's the Rolex 24 at Daytona. It's the most prestigious Rolex sports car race in the United okay. States. You remember Hunter Kirk? Remember when we had Hunter on last summer mm-hmm. after we got back from Mid-Ohio? Mm-hmm. And he had uh, he had met everybody that worked that was that was associated with Mid-Ohio. He spent the entire weekend meeting IndyCar. He had met half the team owners in IndyCar, Beth Peretta, Mike Shank, all this. This is July of last year, and Mike Shank had just won his second Rolex 24 as a car owner. And he's just a watch nerd and looks at his watch and asks him what the hell it was, what it was. He's like, it's my Rolex. And he thought, Mike Shank thought he was being funny because it was, you know, well known. that You, get a, you win the race, you win a Rolex watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it is the uh, the, the Rolex tour, the Daytona 24 is basically the most prestigious American road race. On the on the calendar, but it's for people like me. It's called the twenty four because it's, it lasts for twenty four hours. hours. Yes, yep. yep. Which you have three, like, two or three drivers. How four many drivers. laps is that? As many as you as can run in twenty four hours. Done, yeah. Is that how the winner is picked? Just to, yeah, whoever whoever drives the farthest. Hmm. All right. And there's actually usually multiple winners because there's different classes yeah. on track at the same time as well. Uh, so yeah, different so different. Okay. So much like in go karting, when you've been, you were on the go kart track in a rental cart, and there were people that were absolutely screaming by you in, in shifter carts. Mm-hmm. 
essentially there's two race there's there's like five races happening at one time in the 24 hours of Daytona where those slow carts are in their own race by themselves and the fast cars are in a race and you're trying not to get in each other's way. Oh wow! That so there's a lot of headlight cool. flashing in the dark in the race. Yeah, in yeah. The, part of it in the dark. I didn't mean to take us down a rabbit sometimes hole. Rain, <laughs> sometimes rain and dark, and, and you can't see degrees. anything. Here's the thing: I didn't have time to go down the rabbit hole today I, by myself. I, so I was like, I got to be careful, ask Dakota. It. You're going to find racing interesting before well, see, this is the, over. The thing with the Rolex too is it's become very, it's in like the end of January. Nothing else is going on in racing, so it's become a. a literal all-star race because none of the other racing drivers have anything going on at that time of year so they all show up so like dale earnhardt's run it dale earnhardt jr's run it like a half the indy car everybody in our live studio audience has run the rolex 24 and so (laughs) it's yeah it's like the it's like the who's who yeah yeah we have a bunch of cardboard cutouts (laughs) do it for dale um yeah those guys all run it because it's like so it's if you win you even run that race it's a big deal because like it's hard to get a seat cause because you want to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, it kicks off the year. Like everybody gets so excited when it comes around because you're like, Oh, racing is almost here. And then they have like, and it's, you can just sit there and watch it for an entire day. Like it starts and you just, it's February or January. There's nothing else going on. Nothing, yeah. It's just cold. Yeah. It's fascinating. Here's the other fun part, Dakota. And we're going to get back to go-kart track talk in a second, but they have essentially pro-am categories. So there are series where, and usually what happens is there's a rich guy that pays for all of it and he gets to drive, but you have teams that have to have a guy that's, they have gentleman driver, <laughs> gold, silver, bronze level rated drivers. So a guy like you that goes out to the Newcastle Motorsports Park, takes an interest in it, runs a go-kart for a few years, then you go get a uh, sports car license uh, and you have your successful Beezer Creek stu- uh, wood shop uh, that can write some checks. You can, you too can run the Rolex 24. Hmm. Interesting. That seems insane. That seems. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. Some of them are really good though. I mean, some of them, I mean, essentially like Paul Newman came up almost as like a gentleman driver and got, and then uh, Patrick Dempsey, Patrick. Yeah. McDreamy. He's a very accomplished race car driver too. And kind of came up that way, but I don't know if they were paying the ride, but, you should watch Ford versus Ferrari. Fascinating movie. Very yeah. good. I've heard that. Yeah. So, that that. so let's talk about the racetrack a little bit more. 2003, 2004, track gets built. It's a little over a one-mile road course. Uh, and then over time, there have been a number of different additions, different configurations. How many different ways are there race go-kart out there? So right now, yeah, and like you said, it started out, we had maybe four or five different, you know, just with different cut-throughs here and there. As we've added on over the years, I don't. We've not even hit them all. Um, I can tell you right now, we've raced over sixty different configurations, and you know there'll be times where you know Mark and I are talking about, and he's like, "Well, I want to do this, this, and this." And I'm scrolling through all of them. We haven't done. We haven't <laughs> done that. So okay, here we are, configuration sixty-one now. And so there's there's still. Does that mean you have to go measure the track, or do you send Logan out there with a wheel? I, I get on a wheel on a scooter, <laughs> and, I, and I go measure the track on a, from a scooter and a wheel. 1.134 miles around the track today. They're, our longest is right at 1.6, just shy of 1.6, so, and that's what, with kind of everything in. What makes it a road course? So, you know, you've got a road course, and you've got ovals. Your oval is, okay, so you know, it, it's just essentially, it's round. It's a, it's it's a just twisty. Has, it just has more turns. Lefts, rights. Okay. You know, it, it's All got right. both. All right. 
Okay. Next now we level, do next have level a question. What's a street course? <laughs> a street course is a temporary course um, where, you know, the, uh, whatever it be, we were talking earlier about go-karting on, on the street. Uh, obviously, IndyCar does it with, you know, different races that they run where they actually go down Nashville. and shut, shut down streets and race race on permanent streets. But it's a temporary course for the racers. Would you say that you have a roval? We actually have, uh, we do have a, an oval worked in there. Right. Uh, it's actually kind of an egg-shaped oval. Um, it's Technically, it's got four, but one end is a lot narrower than the other. Yeah. It's like a little Darlington. Yeah, it's Henry right County's at Darlington. Yeah, it's right at a quarter mile, so it's pretty big for a go-kart track um, for an oval. A lot of those guys are eighth mile, maybe you know, just a little over. Are we, are we running wide open? It, on most everything. Yeah. Um, now, we have actually, we'll, we'll utilize part of that for some of our races and you know the shifter carts and the the quicker they they have to get out of it a little bit so the the way that it's paved now like the way that you have it set up now is that uh is that the same general layout that it's it's been the whole time have you added things or so one half is about the same we've added a couple small things on that side but everything else has taken place east of the track and southeast of the original track and we've just added Okay. Um, there, there's one, what we call the bus stop, and it's just kind of a an in and back out that's that we've added to the original course, as well as uh, it just a cut through to to shorten the length of the straightaway. Okay. So that changes gearing. That it just gives you more dynamic to the racetrack. Just different things to for people to look at to make it challenging because yeah. people think think okay go kart cool just a go kart. I've been in one, you know, I was in a, not a five horse Briggs when I was five, six, seven years old, right? Something my dad bought and we would set up cones at a abandoned elementary school and go play with go-karts. But there's an infinite number of possibilities for shifting carts, different categories, different motors, different chassis designs. I assume choosing gear stacks to decide how fast a cart can go. Cart can go. There's, there's a lot of, mechanical knowledge that goes into op- owning and operating go-karts absolutely there there's a ton and you know there's there are, in addition to different motor packages there's also different age groups within motor packages and and so on and so forth weight classes different weight classes um we do have a we start you know your your kid we were talking three years old we actually start racing at age five and he's almost too late call a kid cart <laughs> <laughs> That you can start practicing at four and a half and, and then uh, start racing at five. And that's what we call the kid cart class. It's a little 50cc motor, and that's got a specific wheelbase that it has to fall within. Next step up would be cadet, which is your 8 to 12s. Wheelbase is obviously a little bit bigger, different motor package, so I, on. I have to stop for a second and ask the question. Zach and I are big fans of Dinner with Racers. Are you familiar with Dinner with Racers? Say again? The, the podcast Dinner with Racers? I'm not. Ryan Eversley and... Uh, uh, Sean Heckman yeah. hosts this, and they say that every racing, every racer begins with a con. There's a lie that's told somewhere along the line to get their career started. There's a lie, and I just want to know how many birth certificates you've had to see for four and a half years old <laughs> to know, because I feel like there's an advantage if you can get that kid in at four month, four years and three months. You know, the, that's I, I want to know where the con is here. I'll I'll be honest with you. There is kid. I mean, Joseph Newgarden, for example, he started when he was twelve. Yeah. You know, he didn't get into a cart. He wasn't into kid carts. I mean, he did some other stuff. He raced actually go-peds. 
um, prior to scooter racing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he actually, you know, his, he and his family started coming up from there from Hendersonville, Tennessee and started coming up when we opened in 04. And that was basically his, his first go-kart race was at Newcastle Motorsports Park. If you all had started earlier, maybe the Knightstown thing worked out. He could have already had an extra championship. Right, a third car. championship or yeah. something, He's, right? He, got, he was behind because he, he started when he was 12. Yeah. yeah, he'd have a win. He, he would have won for Sarah Fisher. That, yeah, that elusive 500 win. <laughs> he was just a little bit ahead of Penske's slump. And here's the other advantage you have, Dakota. You live in Spiceland, Indiana. Yeah. You yeah. could be out there with, with young Jackson Davis constantly. Seems like it requires financing, though. <laughs> that might be my issue. Logan, how does financing work for a, go- a young go-karter's career? Uh, typically, you can get sponsors. Uh, you can find people that are willing to give you money. And uh, if, if, if you're good enough, then, then they're happy to hand you money. Um, but, yeah, so you just ask, go around, ask people, uh, tell them what you've done, tell them what your plans are. And then um, nine times out of ten, they're more than happy to hand, hand you 50 bucks or something to help you out, buy you a set of tires or anything that can, anything that can help. All right, so let's let's talk through. We're going to get young Jackson Davis down on the path here, uh, and it could be any any listener out there that's interested as well. Joey Molinero is a big fan of the show, big friend of the show. Been on here many times with us, and he's got his uh, his young one as well, Frankie. And he's Joey is completely convinced that he's going to get Frankie in the Indy Five Hundred as well. Uh, so through Newcastle Motorsports Park, you've had Connor Daly. Joseph Newgarden, some of these guys that have started their careers out there and have advanced through. What's the, I know it's all generic numbers, but what's a family need a budget to start a go-kart program to say, hey, I want us to come out here and see what it's like? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those things, how long's a string, right? It, it, what are you looking for? Are you looking to do local or, you know, it, it's one thing completely different if you're racing locally here at Newcastle Motorsports Park or jumping on and, you know, going to run with SCUZA or USPKS around the country. Right. Um, if they're, if they're to looking run to, here, wet and to run just... here, um, you know, we've, we've got a, a relatively affordable class it's called LO206, and it's a LO206 is a local option, 206 Briggs and Stratton Motor, and... The, I would say a, a full budget for that. I, I can't say that I've actually put a number to it, but I've got to think that you should be able to run all 14 of our races with rebuilds and everything else. I'd say between 4500 5500 for the year, after your initial investment. Um, so it's, it, we, what we do, what our whole point of what we do on a weekly basis is try to keep it affordable. Um, it's a great environment to raise your kids in um i've we've been fortunate with both of our kids being able to be raised around the racetracks there's a lot of really good people out there and we want to have racing available to more people you know and that and that's the whole point um again you start stepping into the national stuff and that that changes really really quickly but for what we do out there you can have you know a great weekend with your family and there are different levels of facilities out there as well, right? There are people that come in, and I assume they race out of a pickup truck with a pop-up can't fly canopy. There are people that come in with the big big race car haulers, and then you've got even permanent permanent setups out there where people can just garage all their stuff at the track. Correct, yeah. And, and you know, the locally at our, at our club races, um, which our club, we're pulling about somewhere between 250, usually, entries per weekend. Um, so we've, we're fortunate. We have a, a fairly strong club. We're in a, obviously right in the heart of racing. 
in here in central Indiana. So um, we, we're able to pull from a lot of different directions, and, and so our club benefits from that. And you know, the fact that we keep it, uh, you know, we try to keep the cost low for everybody. Um, but you'll see guys show up, like you said, in, in their trucks, and usually a small trailer is kind of the way to go for the local racers um, at this point. But then we do also have the garages out there. Uh, 73 of those that we that we rent out and keep full for the year. Um, I'm actually still a waiting list on those at, right now, so we're uh, contemplating. I mean, we've tossed it around. I, there's not really a good spot to put more um, at the moment. Next so. level. Yeah, second, second story. We're going to elevate. Parking garage and drive down ramp. We're going to elevate. Elevator. Can you imagine just some kid just standing with his helmet in his hand, cart next to him, just coming down the elevator like he's coming up on the flight deck of an aircraft carrier? No, we just need a just need a ramp. Some kid just need a ramp. Way to the- yeah, you have to have some way to keep the kids from flying up the ramp. Catch fencing, elevator though sounds awesome. Put a speed bump on it. Yeah. Slow them down on their way up. Doesn't take much of a speed bump with a four-inch wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Just high sides them. And when your seat's one inch, inch and a half yeah. off the ground, yeah. Yeah, a, a quarter inch, you're going to feel it. Maybe Oops. a reverse speed bump where it goes down. There you go. Yeah. It'll get, it's like a little oil change bait you've developed. All right, so some notable events that have happened out, out there over the years. I know that the RoboPong, there was an endurance race that existed, the... Uh, um, the race for Riley has happened out at, at the Speedway a number of years. Tell us about the kinds of names and the people that have that have come come through Henry County that folks might recognize. I mean, there's we, with the with both those events you you mentioned, we had a lot of the IndyCar drivers out. Um, Susie Weldon did the Dan Weldon Memorial Pro Am out there for a couple of years. Obviously, her boys are now racing, and she's got her hands uh, they're on full their with way that. Andretti. Yep, yep, and so she's she stays very busy with that. Um, so we've not done the the. Pro-Am here in a, quite a few years, and RoboPong also hasn't happened, um, but we actually, we were looking to put that on the schedule for this year, uh, just with a different type of motor, uh, the tag motors that, before I go down to a rabbit hole, like he said, you know, the tag motors, uh, that kind of, the, the motors that were on there, that side, that type of racing kind of declined, and there's a, a similar motor, only it's 100cc air-cooled. Um, and that's actually coming on strong, and we're looking at revamping the the RoboPong and doing that again for 2024. Was a tag motor liquid cooled? Tag motor it stands for touch and go. As simple as that sounds. And prior to that, go karts didn't have onboard starters, so this actually has an onboard starter. It was 125 cc, and it was water cooled. That was what the that was the tag the motor formula. was. There's different different manufacturers of that, but. Um, this would actually also kind of be a tag motor. One of the manufacturers has a 100cc version, still has an onboard starter, but it's air-cooled. And so that's becoming very popular in the U.S., and so that's probably the route we're going to go to kind of you know, bring back the, the RoboPong again. But all the IndyCar guys would come out for that. You know, Will Power, he was out there for quite a few years. Um, obviously, Joseph, Dan, Dan Weldon was always out there for that race. Uh, Actually, we the trophy we have for that now is the Dan Weldon Cup, and it sits right on our our front counter when you come in, and it's got the names of all the winner the past winners on it. Um, and every year it's a two man team. You know, you were talking about the endurance race, the the twenty four hour race where it's two or three. The, every year it's been two man teams that have won that that race, two hundred miles and complete with pit stops and everything else. Most karting races are sprint length so you don't come in change tires you don't fuel up or anything you go out you run your you know, 12 lap 15 lap 18 lap whatever the race is and then come in and you're done 
but on that that event it was 200 miles so you had to come in refuel change tires all that kind of stuff just like the the indy cars the uh rex norris the third uh, from, from here in uh i guess he's dunreath area or the the shop is down in dunreath i know he ran that as the iron man a few times and he yeah. he was he had single no driver. relief driver single driver yeah do it all by himself which is even more insane and crazy Yep, there was a couple that did that. Rex being one of them. Um, there was another guy because for the when we first started, it had to be a minimum of two, maximum of four drivers. But there was no, you know, there was nothing saying that each driver had to split it equally. So sometimes you'd have one guy that just shows up and do, does ten laps. I remember one year a guy had a um, his partner had never been in a cart before and decided to bring him out for this race. The guy got out there, he couldn't hack it, so. Uh, he got in, started the race, immediately came in, and then other guy took off because that was one of the rules at that point is it had to be a minimum of two drivers. Uh, later on, we did allow single drivers on it, and um, he was one of them. There was another guy by the name of, um, oh, they had a car shop, um, but he came out and did a, not only a lone driver but also his own pit crew. So he'd come in, change his own tires, and fuel his cart up, and then go <laughs> back out. Jim Russell, and uh, he did he did it uh, all by himself completely. So, Logan, have you ever been in trouble and they've sent you out there and said, go do 200 miles, kid? <laughs> I've never, I've never <laughs> been punished that way, no. <laughs> but, uh, that, yeah, that would, be, that would be quite the punishment. He would have liked that one. <laughs> that would have been counterintuitive just for go, a punishment. Just go burn tires, kid. <laughs> hey, Logan, go do the thing you love. Yeah, and then pull, pull in and I'll get you reset and you can go right back out there. <laughs> All right, so, so Logan, let's talk, talk about you a little bit. You're... You've grown up around the racetrack, yeah. and you have you've been out at Newcastle Motorsports Park, and you are starting the process of getting to some higher level stuff. So, yeah. FIA is the sanctioning body, uh, and you are in the uh, is it USF four? Yeah, it's the United States Formula Four Championship. Okay, so yeah, and you're you're racing this calendar year. You're going to be at Coda, which is where F one races. You're going to be at Mid Ohio. Uh, Virginia International Raceway, all over, all yeah. over the 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 biggest and the baddest stops in North America. Right. Yeah. So what's it what's it like going from a go kart to a formula car? It's definitely a different animal for sure. Um, you kind of get the same uh, idea of it. You go into the corner, you break as hard as you can, get you roll it through the corner, carrying as much momentum as you can, get back on the gas so you can carry the speed. Um, so you kind of you kind of know what what to do already, but you get used to uh, the extra thirteen hundred pounds that you have underneath you, and and the extra hundred mile an hour. So how many how many different. horsepower is your go kart? Uh, pro- I, I'm not sure one hundred percent, but I if I had to guess, probably somewhere around sixteen to twenty. All right, so you got a twenty horsepower go kart, about the same as a, a good lawnmower, right? Wh- wh- how many horsepower are you running in a in a formula car? Uh, that's a good question for him. I, I, I just drive, honestly. <laughs> they, they put it all together and I, I, I get suited up and hop in. Um, but if I had to guess, probably if I. Sponsors are going to want to know, man, you got to have, you're going to have to have this one ready on lock. <laughs> so it's a Ligier 1.6 liter engine. That's, that's, I know that much. All right. What's well, the Honda, the, the chassis, the Lige. Oh, I uh, see. I don't even know that much, but. Um, Four cylinders of pure Japanese power. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> and so, how many buttons are in your steering wheel? Oh, I got to think about that one. <laughs> uh, eight. You got eight buttons. Eight buttons. Yes. So you've got 
some adjustments in the car that you're making on your own? Yeah, you have the you have the brake bias on your right side. So the, the brake bias, you can turn it to the right, and you put more weight towards the or put more brake towards the front of the tires. So you hit the brakes, and you can change it to. I, I run around sixty forty. So when I press the brakes, sixty percent goes to the front, and then forty percent goes to the rear. So you can get the car slowed down and still make it through the corner. Dakota, do you know why that makes a difference? Nope. <laughs> think so, about think about stopping a truck or a trailer. And now move all of the weight to the front. What's going to happen if you if you brake really hard and you've got no weight in the back and all your weight's in the front? All right, so you're going to keep pushing. You're going to plant the nose and spin it, right? Right. Yeah. So you you have to do you have to find the balance. You have to find what you're comfortable with. So I run yeah sixty sixty percent to the front tires and forty percent to the rear. And they they say to run more to the front. So when you hit the brakes, you you can actually turn into the corner because that momentum's carrying you through and you won't be able to make it. All right, so you got your brake bias. You got yeah. You can uh, turn up your radio and turn down your radio. So while you're out there, if they're too loud or too quiet, you you're tired of that. listening to the the pit box. Right, just turn yeah. them off. Yeah, you could you could do that. They wouldn't be too happy by the time you came in though. Um, you can uh, just uh, you got you got the fire button. So if you ever fire breaks out inside the car, you you have the ex- you have the extinguisher. So it's a red button. You press it, and a whole bunch of cold air shoots into the car and puts it out. Um, that's about all that's on the sides. And then once you, once you go to the steering wheel, you have your neutral buttons. So when you want to shift it into first gear and you're in neutral, you press in, press the neutral button and then you press upshift and it will put it into first gear. So you're paddle shifting, right? Yes, sir. There's no mechanical shifter at this point. No, you got the clutch still. So, so you got to ease out on the clutch when you take off, but that's about the only time you use it. Um, other than that, you're, you're using your hands the whole time. No onboard starter. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, they're actually, you do have an onboard. Yeah. So I forgot, I forgot to mention that you, you have a switch over here. So you just lift the switch up, um, and it turns on the pump and gets the, gets the air, um, pressurized inside the car. And then you have a green button on your steering wheel. You press that and then it, and then it, uh, fires the car up. All right. The air he's talking about, his shifter is air on this. It's a, on the F4, everything else is electronic, but on this one, it's actually an air. So it it turns on, charges the, the pump and, that's how you shift is with air. Really? So it's a pneumatic shifter, essentially. Correct. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So does it have an onboard compressor, or is it like CO2? Are you shifting with CO2 or something? No, it's onboard compressor. Yeah. All right. Uh, like, yeah, so you have two spots on, on your switch here. So you can lift it halfway up, and then you can hear the compressor kick on. It's a brrr, and then And then you have to wait for that to shut off, and then you can lift it to the next step, and then you press the green button, and that's what starts it. All right, so if anything goes wrong in a race, that's we're blaming the air compressor. Yeah, you get out and you give the air. You, oh, my air compressor quit, and we lost. We lost drive. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's our that's our go to. That's our first blame. Yeah. I was dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say chocolate milk. <laughs> oh, you do you have a Do you have a car? drink button? Uh, no, I don't. No? Not yet. All right. No. You when you get to the Indy five hundred. Yeah, I heard button. they do, but I heard the water's warm. Well, but you could do it. chocolate milk. You'd be the first guy in the history of the race to do chocolate milk yeah, in your onboard drink bottle. Could could lead you down a bad path. Be drinking cottage cheese by lap ten. <laughs> Chocolate Choc- cheese. Cottage cheese. <laughs> Just chunks yeah. through the hose. All right. So we assume that you're going to win three or four races this year, win the championship, and then and then what happens next? How does this path go? Somebody's Dakota gets young Jackson into go karts, successful, moves into USF four, and then how how does this little ladder system go to get all the way to uh, to the big Memorial Day weekend race? Yeah, so if you're successful in Formula 4, then you move up to the USF 2000, um, and that stands for 
United States Formula 2000. Um, and then after a year in that, you move up to the USF Pro 2000, which is tech, pretty much the same car. It's a 10-mile-an-hour faster, and you have a little bit more downforce. A little um, more advanced version of the same car. Right, yeah. So it just gets you kind of used to the bigger wings on the cars and uh, down yeah, downforce, like I said. And You have wings on your car now? Yeah, I do. First time, first time you've had wings. Right, yes, yeah. <laughs> Red Bull gave them to me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, after the USF Pro car, you go, you go into the Indy NXT, and then um, that that's that's a big jump. So they go from around 170, and then that one instantly goes up to, uh, I think, 210 or something around there. And then after, yeah, a year or two in the Indy NXT, you move up to the Indy car, and then, and then also a big jump up to 230, 235. So what he's describing is not, a, not an impossible path, I think. Kyle Kirkwood just recently did it. He yeah. went through the entire ladder series. Joseph Newgarden went through the same the same ladder series, and they they've done the same thing. Right. So Kirkwood we were, did it for Florida. Newgarden did it up here in Indiana. Right. Yeah. We were sitting in a drivers' meeting at the Formula Four uh, thing, and they said that I think it's like sixty percent of the field now has gone through the road to Indy. Yep. And so yeah, it's it's the most common way to get there. Are you sold yet, Dakota? I was just thinking, are you? Do you have to buy that a new car each time that you go up the ladder? No. Uh, so you you lease it from your team owner. You typically oh, go with okay. a team. I'm with Jay Howard Driver Development right now. So we leased the car out, signed a contract for this year, um, and th- that is my car for the year. And then okay. after this year, he'll he'll lease it out to somebody else next year, and th- they'll be able to drive it. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of the same thing every every step up the way, and then. By the time you get to the NXTs and the and the Indy cars, they they ask you to drive them. So Jay Howard was a multiple Indy five. Jay poor Jay had it took him many efforts to make the Indy five hundred. He had when he finally made the Indy five hundred, it was spectacular breakthrough because he had two or three years where he was right on the bubble and got got found every way to be on the wrong end of it. Um, but a uh, he's he's been successful in the in the karting program over the last few years. One of his last sponsors in the Indy 500 was our friend Rusty at uh, Mount Comfort RV. So there was there was the incident between uh, the Camping World Scott Dixon car and the Mount Comfort RV car with Jay Howard, and that was always Rusty's favorite uh, favorite picture of those those two when they were they were getting together there. That's good. Yeah, I think Rusty talked about that when he was on the show. Was, I didn't realize you with Jay. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. does he still talk like an Englishman? Yes, he does. <laughs> but we say he's faking it because he's been over here for what fifteen <laughs> years at this point. He's still holding on to just, it. It just sounds expensive. <laughs> yeah, and he got his tea all the time. And <laughs> <laughs> he's a former Robopong winner too, I believe. Last time I went to Robopong, I think he won. He ran an endurance race there with the amateur. I think maybe it wasn't Robopong. He used to be out there, I think. Jay was out there. Yeah, uh, he yeah. raced there, um, even in carts. I mean, before any of the car stuff, he raced yeah. in carts, which is where I, you know, from the track, that's where we see him. We see, you know, I saw Sage Karen running cadet carts out there, you know, and, and same thing. It's You see him as they come up through the ranks. Um, I don't think Jay had a win in Robo Palm, really? though. Uh, Joseph Newgarden had it twice, one with my father-in-law, one with my brother-in-law. Um, Weldon... I believe had two. Ricky Rudd had one. Um, NASCAR name from way back, Mister Virginia. Yeah, and 
I don't think Will Power ever won it. Um, but, I mean, they were all there competing every year. I don't think Jay had a win in that, but I could be mistaken. Zach, Zach will check it for us. Yeah, fact check me. I'm try- well, I, was, I was out there once and saw him. he won something out there. Because him was, it was a local guy. And then his driver development program has gotten huge. Like, he's turned that into, like, he's got drivers. He's good at getting people moving on up through this through the yeah i mean he started ladder. started with a go-kart team and then has kind of turned it into he's got not only the the f4 program he has usf 2000 and pro 2000 cars and has drivers you know in all the seats uh he's got a his son's actually racing carts now he's just hudson his uh i think hudson's seven now and he's running running at newcastle jay's got a garage out there so that's awesome. interest so, so Logan, what's the uh, what's the physical commitment here? It, are you in the gym? Do you have to be you have to be ready to uh, to, to advance through? At some point, these cars they no longer have at each other. They, they, they at some point, I think I found a, a nerve. At some point, they stopped putting power steering on these cars. Yeah. So actually, I don't think the Formula Four does have power steering, um, and you can definitely tell. Yeah, your shoulders get tired. But I'm I'm not very disciplined on going to the gym, and I, I he he's always on me about it. I will say this kid will work. I, he works so hard. He doesn't have to spend a lot of time there. I mean, he does. He's he works out of the track. He's we cut a lot of firewood, things like that. He's he is very physical. Um, but yeah, I do tell him on a regular basis he needs to uh, to go to the gym. He got with the us. seek discomfort shirt. On. Yeah, I know. He he's been he's been starting to do all this running and stuff, and I, I despise running. I cannot do it. I, I respect everybody else that does, but I cannot bring myself to to run. And he always asks me every day, you want to go on a run with me? And I make up an excuse not to. <laughs> Find a reason to not do that part. Yeah. All right. So if people have been interested and they're like, I'm not going to go buy a go-kart, I'm not going to start with that, but they do want to have the experience, you do have the rental card option to get people started. We do. Um, now, not to get into a race, but we have a rental carts, and, and what's unique to our rentals is they are actually racing chassis. They aren't the big heavy tubing where you go and, and it feels sluggish. This will actually handle just like a go-kart. You, I mean, I it's been five years since I've done it, but you can go out there and completely be on the limit of the chassis. You can overdrive the car, completely lose, you know, you can spin out, right? Sure, you absolutely. Completely, completely lose adhesion. Uh, but you also, I mean, you have full timing and scoring. You've got your lap times are showing up on the steering wheel. I mean, it's, it's a legit cart. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, we thought about getting rental carts and just can't get away from the fact that they're not going to, it's not going to handle the same. It's not going to be the same thing. So this will actually get you a feel for getting into what, what essentially what we race out there. Ruin you for any other rental car place. You go, you go anywhere else, these indoor places and stuff, and you're like, this is garbage compared <laughs> to Newcastle. It's, I mean, it's just so much more fun. It's so much more fun. It's not even comparable. It's almost like they're different things entirely. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we went and did it, like we said, for Jeremiah's, uh, on Jeremiah's wedding day, the morning of his uh, wedding I also was born stupid, Logan. <laughs> the the uh, uh, right before we had to start getting our uh, suits on. But yeah, it was just it was a lot of fun. Um, but one thing that we have talked about is that, like you said, there was a there were kids out there that were uh, going around the track, and they were 
just blowing us away. They owned their carts and stuff. So I was curious, like, if I want to go out there, if I want to take some friends out there, do do I need to be aware of what the racing schedule is going to be? Do you not want me on the track at certain times if you have a race that weekend? What's so that like? We mentioned earlier about all the expansion. In essence, we had, there's two tracks out there. Sometimes we tie them all together. Sometimes it's not. Um, we have rentals available even if we have racing going on, which actually then turns out to be a great day, right? You can come out. You can watch some racing. You can get on some carts. Our restaurant's always open on those on race days as well, um, which that's the only time our restaurant is open is on race weekends. So uh, you can't show up on Wednesday and grab a cheeseburger. But um, I might be biased, but it's some of the, you know, it, it's really good food. Um, but show up, you know, do that, uh, get on a cart, watch some racing yourself, have lunch, and then and it's a, it ends up being a great time. Through the week, we actually have two separate tracks a lot of times because we can do rentals on one side and the other. So people will do, uh, you, you know, if you come out and rent an hour, you can do 20 minutes on one, 20 minutes on the other, and decide which one you like the best and do your last 20 minutes on. Um, so it's always a good idea to give us a call. But even even on a Tuesday, you know, we may have a corporate event going on, a, a bachelor party or whatever, where the track's shut down for just that group as well. So it's always a good idea to give us a call ahead of time and check the schedule um, or Facebook message or, or whatever your whatever the uh, the way you'd like to contact us. But um, so it, it, we have kind of a it's a busy schedule, which you know kind of has to be by nature. But there's there's plenty of time, even if it's a race. There's some of the races, any of the traveling that you see that you know if you're looking at our schedule and it doesn't say KRA, um, and it's one of the other traveling series. Typically, they're not available on those weekends. Okay. So when you see a USPKS or a SCUZA or a you know a Vintage Karting Association on those dates, it's not available. Okay. Uh, so we talked before about you know starting kids at five years old to get out on the go karts. I'm assuming you're not going to let me go out with a five year old. Put them in a rental car. No, not on the rentals. Unfortunately, on the rentals, we have a minimum age of 14. Um, that's just all set by the insurance companies, and, and that's what we get to deal with. We do, however, have a slick track out there now, and it just has a minimum height requirement of 54 inches. So, you know, even even kids that are younger than 14 can get on that. Um, it's a ton of fun. It, it's going to be more of a, a not a – it's not going to feel like a go-kart. It's more of a recreational and, and just go out there and have fun. But it is a ton of fun. It's very small, highly polished concrete oval. And go out there and, and it's, you get, it's drift track for carts, basically. And yeah. you can get you know five or six people on there at a time. And you're not supposed to bump. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there, it might happen a little bit. It's got to be within reason. But um, it's just kind of fun to go out there and, and, you know, push each other around a little bit. All right, last last group of questions I have for Logan over here because I'm thinking about this racing career. You know they only turn left at the Indy 500, right? Yeah, I've been working on my left-handers. So <laughs> Formula Four, left and right. When when are you going to start mixing the ovals? Are they going to you going to you going to run a midget as well like your grandfather did? What, how how are you going to start getting the oval discipline down so that you're ready when so, when you get into the NXT cars? So typically they you don't really run ovals until you get into the usf cars once you once you once you get into those and you have the higher downforce in the formula four and you have the bigger wings and things that can actually stick you to the track then you start going on the ovals but um i haven't i haven't been on an oval yet and i don't, I don't plan to go on one and this year at least i do in the future but what now what if we find you somebody in the crown victoria series to let let you drive up there at mount lawn oh i would definitely not turn it down <laughs> I'm more than happy if you if you want to if you got a seat for me I'll drive it. <laughs> there's there's the race car driver answer. He's never said he's never said no to it. Do you want to get in this and drive it? 
All right, Josh Norris. He wants to take some laps in your Crown Vic. That's what we're <laughs> that's what we're hearing. Do we? I mean, how about the how about the stock car side? I have to ask that question because Brayton Laster was here back in back in January, and he was uh, he's he's a young guy from the Greenwood area, and he ran the ARCA race at Daytona at 18, 19 years old, two years in a row. He's run that. You're you're on the Formula track. That's the right. that's the specialty you're selecting. Well. I, I do plan to go to IndyCar. Um, obviously, once again, would never turn down a ride in a NASCAR or a sprint car or anything like that. But, but yeah, my goal is to follow my grandfather's footsteps and, and hopefully win the, win the 500 for the family. There you go. That's awesome. What year did he make his first start? 92, 91 maybe? An IndyCar? Indy, Indy 500. At the 500. At 500, yeah. First start would have been probably 90. Three ish, ninety three, maybe ninety four. I'm just when he made his actual first start. That's I I, obviously we know, um, you know, in in ninety one there he had that he was testing out there. It was on practice day. I think he was going to start then, but I think I really don't know when he had his first start out there. I'm trying to find the big number to know how many years between between his first start and your first start. That's the that's the math I'm trying to get to here. So he we were talking about it and. I, I feel like it was either 93 90, or 94. He won Daytona in 93. Yeah. And and I know he got back into the Indy car after, the, after Daytona. He was running for Menard in 96, I know, but I think he might have had some one-off starts prior to that. First Indy 500 start was 1996. Okay. Really? So it was with, when he was running uh, with, for Menard. Yeah, with Menard, Team Menard. There you go. I need to get my information down. Nine, 96 <laughs> to 02. All right. A lot, of, a lot of good years in there to play with. We can, we can, we can find a hook. Oh, yeah. We'll All right. Very good, Mike. Uh, this has been awesome, man. Yeah, it's, I definitely appreciate you guys having me out. We uh, we we've been good friends with uh, Representative Saunders, who got you your road out there many many years ago, the Pierce Parkway. Uh, what else do people need to know? Is this kind of our final thoughts here? Things we've forgotten, things that we need to highlight about the uh, about the track, about you guys, maybe how they can get involved in sponsorship of a of a young American racer. Checkbook and a and a pen. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm out at the track every day. Um, so, except for tomorrow because I'm going to be in Illinois. But um, it, it, we're open basically Tuesday through Sunday for rentals for open practice for that kind of stuff. Unless we have a a, a race or something that supersedes that. Um, always free to come out and watch. We have the restaurant going on race weekends. You can come out and watch uh, watch some really good racing. Watch these kids that are you know. Fast forward 15 years, and you're going to see these guys running at the at the 500. Um, does, it, does it cost to get in to watch? It's absolutely free, no oh. charge. Um, as long as you're inside the building, uh, we have a patio area there that even has some bleachers on it, and all those areas are no charge. Just so what that you're people telling can come me out. is all these times I've driven past really slowly. Yeah, my kid in the back seat yeah. with the windows down. You could have just come right in. You could have come right in. (laughs) Now, to get into the pit area, you know, anywhere though you do, it does require a pit pass. Um, Obviously, any of the safety concern areas. But inside the building or on the patio, just come right in. And we have, like I said, food going on the weekends. Um, You can come out and spend all weekend and not spend a dime. I mean, I don't even care if you pack a lunch. We've got a, an earth mound over there. You can pack a lunch and just come out and watch. I mean, we, we want to let people see our sport, basically. Um, 
If you hang out too much, though, you're going to end up in charge of something. <laughs> right? We may throw you in green corner with a, with a flag. I was yeah. say, you're going to be a, you're you're gonna gonna be a corner a, worker in no time. Yeah, you'll have a flag in your hand before you know it. It did say they're closed. Yeah, your dad, your dad yeah. made that mistake, didn't yeah. he? He stopped out one day, and then uh, he, he was out many there for years, many yeah. years. Yeah. Now you, you don't have a weekend free for the, for the summer for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, it's a... Bertram's and volunteering for things that are going to be a long-term commitment is a hereditary, oh, yeah. a hereditary mistake. All right, Mr. Zach, what final thoughts do you have for us? Anything, anything to highlight? I, well, I have a question. Who's the fastest member of the family around the track? Uh, I think right now it is me, I believe. So. Me and Grandpa, I actually built him a vintage cart um, last summer, saved up from what I, what I earned from working, and I built him a vintage cart. cart. Drive what he used to drive, and He's quick, but I remember I can remember him getting racing some still out there once in a while. And people be like, "Oh," and then he'd like he'd pistol whip people. Yeah, <laughs> they'd, they'd be like, "Oh, what's he gonna do?" And it's like, I don't know. It's like it's his track. He and sells himself short. I bet he. Yeah, I bet he does. He. I bet he probably beats himself up if he's not as fast as he wants to be too. But yeah, yeah. people should go check that place out. Uh, like somebody, yeah, my dad volunteered out there. I had him at college, uh, like open house out there. Um, and when they have like big events, it's a crazy place to be and see everything that's going on. Uh, one of the craziest experiences of my life was sitting there on the grass mound watching one of the races. It was a pro-am. And I was like, who is this next to me? And I was like on the grass mound next to Jim Mercer's daughter because uh, one of the Foyt members was out there. And those two families are are married, which is a crazy – that's the most Indianapolis or Indiana thing ever is to have the Ursays and the Foyts related. Um, but it's a cool spot and the food is really good. Like I bet the food's as good as it was when I was there at the restaurant. So go there on the weekends. But other than that, I don't know much to talk about. You ready for the month of May the, yeah. for the, for the, for the speedway for move in day on Thursday? Yeah. I'm just getting, I'm loading up, trying to get stuff done. Camping season at the racetracks begun. <laughs> you know, funny enough by next year, I think you'll see him. We were, we were trying to get something put together for this year for him to run the USF 2000. Um, Next this coming weekend, and it just didn't work out this year. But uh, I think by next year you'll see him running in uh, some of the support races. So, that. so when we come out there next year we, uh, for the uh, for the Grand Prix, the AMR Grand Prix weekend, we're going to have to hunt Logan down for an autograph. So what's going to happen? Even a picture, even or if you hang, if <laughs> you hang around too much, exactly. you hang around. Oh, we'll we'll go we'll in deeply embed ourselves with y'all if you want. Uh, it'll be uh, be a great time. Yeah, we go get dinner after the day's over. or Something. That's it. That's perfect. All right, Logan. This has been awesome. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's the first one. All right. I, I've, uh, yeah, learned a lot. You got any sponsors to thank? Uh, Comic Cart Sales and Newcastle Motorsports Park. There you go. That's the, that's, you got you to say thank you to all the people that get you on the track every time. Oh, yeah. Go, you go, for anybody wondering, uh, Comic Cart Sales does sell uh, carts and chassis that you can use at the uh, Newcastle Motorsports Park. Get a direct dovetail in. Yeah. All right. And if you uh, mentioned... Uh, boss hog dakota gets two percent off when he purchases the cart for young jackson <laughs> yeah that's depends good. on how many people <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get you sold on this get a quarter of a percent per person every that cart you sell cart. will knock something off the next one for when you get your cart <laughs> yeah use promo code long-term dakota. commission use use promo code dakota yeah there's and then 2050 no see your son out there they start getting them out there and be like this is this people keep using this promo code that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, D squared. Anything for me? Uh, I don't have anything. Thanks guys for coming on. Yeah, it's, thank uh, you guys. Uh, 
a lot of fun. Learned learned some more. Every every May I learned some more about racing that I didn't think I had questions about, but I end up asking questions anyway. So we're gonna force it upon yeah. you. Uh, a week from Thursday, we'll be back. Some late breaking news on the Indy Five Hundred. You do need to go if you want to watch the race. Uh, the Peacock blackout restriction is on. So you're going to have a bunch of very angry, angry baby boomers that don't know how to stream something, that don't know what a peacock is, but now they can't do it, so they're going to be pissed off. Mm. So it's streaming only? No, it's there was a loophole. So like last year, uh, last two years or whatever, they've come up with like a streaming platform like you could subscribe to in Peacock, and it's great because you can watch all the practice and if you're a fan like me, you'll sit and five dollars a month. You'll sit and watch all of the practice, like all six hours of it during the week uh, next week. And Peacock, they hadn't quite thought of that yet, and because the race is always uh, blacked out locally, except for like 2016 when it sold out, they lifted the blackout, and they hadn't figured out how to geofence it really. And so people figured out that they could watch it on Peacock, even if they were in Indianapolis, and they've. They've got the nerds on duty, and they figured out how to stop that. So there's geofenced again. So if you're in Indianapolis, you if you want to watch it live, you got to be at 16th in Georgetown. You need to come to the track. Enjoy it. No skips. All right. With that, we say thank you very much. Episode 300 will be back on a Thursday next week. We will catch you all then. Congratulations on 300, guys. Thank you.